あなたの芸者ねしがみつます私はパパの熊ですこれは真剣ねせがらです Hold on to your geishas I'm Papa Bear and this is Seriously Seagal Yeah, All welcome right. to Seriously Seagal Episode 18. Yeah, nice Japanese there, Raj.、Oh, Fantastic thanks, Japanese up top. <laughs> Hopefully, that won't be the last of the Japanese we'll hear from the brown man in this one. Oh, oh definitely not. Oh, oh boy. Okay, we're getting into it. Episode 18, we're talking about the 2005 film Into the Sun, starring, written, screenplay by Mr. Steven Seagal, the King of Kings. But before we get too far into that, we want to talk about some big developments, I think, for the Seagal goons、um, recently. We, all three of us, interacted with Steven Seagal yesterday. Damn right.、Um, Mr. Seagal was doing a Reddit AMA and Ask Me Anything where he was taking questions from fans. And、uh, judging by the kind of curtness of the replies and the very short responses, I think it was actually Steven Seagal. Oh, definitely. It makes sense. He did choose it, it fits the profile. To respond to. <laughs> so let's go around and actually introduce these fine journalists who、uh, got, some, got some info out of Mr. Seagal. Right here, as we said up top, this is P Bear. I am the drummer for the Van Burens. Seated next to me, wrapped up in a blanket, as always. <laughs> this、oh, is、no. a flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our Japanese women、Elsa、in our、Bar. lives. <laughs> this is Elsa Bor. Actually, what is flavor in Japanese? You're going to have to look that up. I, I'm about to right now. And over here, wearing a neck brace right now,、yep. uh, looking like he just、uh, got roughed up by Seagal and actually came out better for the wear, I would say. Who we got? We got Mr. Smitty, man in the helm. Aji. Aji is the flavor? I guess so. Aji over in here. In Japanese. Yeah. Aji Raji.、Um, yeah, so we got involved with Steven Seagal's Reddit AMA yesterday. He was, he was、uh, answering questions live from Thailand,、um, which I appreciate that they announced it as Pacific Standard Time, but they, he was actually in Thailand at the moment. So I don't know、yeah. what, yeah, what, what time, time was it, it over there. It was midnight for him or something like that. Crazy guy. He's a wild、well, guy. Seagal. I don't think、That's、he was he typing. I don't think he was probably doing the typing of the responses. I bet he was dictating responses, just the, judging the by what he sounded like him, though. But they sounded like him.、Uh, yeah. When we saw him hold that phone in Force of Execution, I'm guessing that Seagal <laughs> can't really deal with the whole smartphone technology. I'm guessing he's a bit of a Luddite. And judging by today's movie, I would also say he is not into the newer traditions. He's into the older things. Yeah. He's an old school kind、so、of guy. So if he could have answered these questions by carrier pigeon, he would have preferred. But he did, again, field some questions. What do you think about the whole thing, Flav? I thought it was great. I thought he had a couple of rant. You know, like. I- I thought a couple of the questions that he answered were unnecessary because I was like, clearly people are just messing with him on those questions. And I was like, you took this seriously. Like the what pets do you have, that whole thing? No, I feel, I feel like the pets question was honest. It was somebody from like Serbia who's like, what pet do you have? Yeah.、Um, there was one, though, that was like, Mr. Seagal, like, you know, in your 2015 movie, you, know, you had this line, I'm going to snatch every motherfucker birthday, which I think was on our Flaves Faves actually a couple episodes ago. And like, clearly, everybody realizes that means that you're going to kill the person. But like, they were just messing around. There's multiple people who asked, and they're all, they were asking around the same time. So I assume it was a group of people. There was a lot of love for that. For and a then good he man, like, went back and answered it, and he was like, I've been working as a cop for a while, and it's a street term. <laughs>、yeah. It's a street term that means to kill someone. I'm like, dude, they know that was a joke question. Why are you answering that? I did like when、uh, the question was, would you rather、uh, fight a、uh, hundred、uh, mouse sized Seagals、yeah. or one, one Seagal sized mouse? mouse? And he said, Uh, I'd rather the Seagal sized mouse. You'd rather fight one body. One over a hundred.、Yeah. One、exactly. body rather than a hundred. <laughs> It was a very good answer, I thought. What、uh, about your question? What was your question? I want to save that for a minute. I want to ask you what your question was, Flair. All right. Well, I wanted to know if there was going to be just more Aikido 
based moves and more hand-to-hand combat in his next films because there's been a lot of gunplay. And he said, of course, there's going to be a lot more action and a lot more fighting. And I was like, that's kind of what I meant, but you didn't exactly specify there was going to be a keto hand-to-hand. It was, he was hand-to-hand. being a little vague yesterday. <laughs> like, there's going to be a lot of fighting, in that, but it's been gun-based. Seagal, I, I agree there's been a lot of fighting, and there will be more, but can you make it hand-to-hand? But Seagal responded to what you had to say. He did. So, I also, also asked him about um, Keith David, if he's going to work with Keith David, and uh, he didn't answer <laughs> that. I think we all might have asked him about <laughs> Keith yeah. David at some point. He didn't answer my Keith David question either. He did answer that question about... Um, do you want to step back in the MMA circle? And he said, yeah. I'm 60 years old. Yeah, I it's like, dude, so. what kind of an idiot ass? Like, are you ever going to see you in the cage, Seagal? It's a young man's game. But your, your question got some love, and I think a lot of fans wanted to, to hear that answer. Yeah. I thought, actually, some great reporting was done by our own neck brace wearing Mr. Smitty over here. What was <laughs> yeah. your question, Mr. Smitty? So, um, uh, so here it goes. Hey there, Sensei Seagal. Big fan of your work. Just wanted to ask about your musical abilities. When, where, and how do you start playing the guitar? Also, what musician was the most fun to play slash collaborate with? Great question. It was pretty good. And, and from the sensei himself, the response was, I started playing the guitar in Detroit in the 50s, and I was in an all-black band. <laughs> so there's a couple different ways we can interpret this. Yes. First of all, he was born, I believe, in 1952. Yes. So he started guitar. When he was a kid. At least at the age of before he was eight years before old. Before he was eight, and judging by his fluency on the guitar, and hey, we saw it in Fire Down Below. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess he did, did have that big uh, bluegrass jam yeah. session. Yeah. So we know we know that Girl the cat's a shredder. Right he's he's got some skills. Me. He's got some chops. <laughs> and we heard some music today from Seagal. Right. <laughs> right. uh, but what did what did Seagal? So he also mentioned that he was in an all black band. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, was that? In the fifties, he was <laughs> when he was eight years old. When he was eight years old, old really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say that that was his answer to your second part. Who was the most fun to play with? Oh. He was answering it was an all-black band, and he didn't specify who because he doesn't want to like well, you know put them on blast. But I think that's what he was saying is that I play. I started in the fifties. And I was part of an all-black band. He just doesn't have any punctuation or grammar or anything. So I think he was answering the second part of that question: Who was the most fun to play with? Sure. An all-black band. Um, but he did. He said I was in an all-black band, which I will say. If Seagal is in an all-black band, it is no longer it's an all-black all black band. band. Yeah, no. So I, again, Seagal <laughs> has a, uh, an amorphous uh, sense of his own ra- racial definition, which again we will see quite a bit of this in the he, movie Into the Sun. Yeah, today. You know, I mean, he just—I feel like he's he just been thinks he's uh, for he, so long and been immersed in their culture. He just thinks he's one of them. <laughs> I think like just whoever he's hanging around with at the moment, he just takes on their their race. I think that's what it is. He's Girl, the chameleon. He kind of, yeah, yeah. He kind of feels connected Girl, to them in some way. Um, so okay, so then we get. So I thought you guys did a really great job. You guys got a lot of Reddit karma from that. Actually, I think people yeah, really loved your questions, oh, no. oh, yeah, and you got the attention of Mr. Steven Seagal. It's now good. I want to talk about my question, and, and to talk about this, I want to bring it to, to one of our classic segments: oh. Confession Time with Father Flavor. Oh shit! Let me go get the father. Father, wake up. Where is he? <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to step. To the confession booth right here. Blessings, 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 child. Good to see you again, Father Flavor. Good to see you as well. Good to see you as well. If you could just sit down on Smitty's lap in there. Of course. While he's yes, doing so all those drops. There you go. That's that's right. Smitty, okay. can you also just not tell anybody about what you hear in this confession booth? Sure. Smitty, is that a zucchini in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> this all is right. a church, my child. All right, Father Flavor, I have some sins to confess. Ah, uh, and what do you have today for me, my son? Um... 
I broke some serious reticate yesterday. Oh, I don't feel great shit. about it. Continue. I used a Steven Seagal Ask Me Anything to plug our podcast, and Reddit did not appreciate that at all. Oh. In fact, my question wound up getting seriously downvoted. Horror. Because I used it as a means to link to our podcast. Oh. If there are any listeners here today because of this Reddit AMA, hey, good on you. Thanks for coming. It's, it's a good time. Listen to some of the old episodes, too. The but, devil's grasp is strong. <laughs> yes, and, and the devil has grasped me, the devil of capitalism and opportunism, because I thought that maybe this would be a good venue to send people, perhaps even Seagal and his team themselves. And how is your guilt now? It's, it's voluminous, man. It's like, uh, it's like Seagal's waistline. <laughs> Ever-expanding. Sorry, Stephen. That was a low blow. That's quite all <laughs> That right. was unnecessary. However, Father, I do think I asked him ultimately a useful question. Even and though how did you make amends? But what, here's my approach was to be incredibly pandering and ask a question that I knew he was going to answer about his movie that's coming out, Code of Honor. Much like the church. And so I asked, pandering. Sensei and Team Seagal, much thanks to you amazing works through the years. I was also trying to sound Eastern European, and I thought that would, that would play to him. Fair. I'm very excited for your new film, Code of Honor. Okay, seriously pandering. What is your personal Code of Honor? I knew he was going to answer that. That's like a softball that's so soft it's a meatball. That's a very deep question, my it, child. Especially since it's about the current movie. Yes, exactly. And so I'm giving him the op- I'm being an opportunist, but I'm also giving him the chance to be an opportunist. However, I think we actually got a really good answer from him, and this is this is Seagal's code of honor. These Go are ahead. the words that he lives by. Tell me. To be kind. <clears throat> let me <clears throat> let me get into my voice. Hold on. <clears throat> me 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 me. To be kind and polite to everyone, to help those you can, and be courageous in the way you help people. Very nice. I think all his characters are essentially based on that idea. You know, the workings of Seagal are so mysterious, my child. Although you feel guilt for plugging the podcast, in the end, through that, you actually found wisdom. Seagalian wisdom and principles to live by. So these, these mysterious ways cannot be questioned. Don't feel guilt, but rather joy that you got to the inside mind of Seagal and his principles. This was his way. But Father, you know me. I love punishment. What can I do for penance? You must continue with this podcast that you've started. You must continue your journey with Smitty and the one they call Brown Man. (laughs) No. You must continue to watch the rest of his films. Even even Clementine. Even... The one in Korean? The one in Korean... Read those subtitles, my son. Read those subtitles until your eyes bleed for Seagal. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a, good, that's a good penance I can deal with. And, it. of course, keep visiting the Church of Seagal. I shall help you through this. Thank I shall help Father all Father. our listeners through this. This has been Confession Time with Father Flavor. Now I'm going to go play poker with Keith David. All right, yeah, join Keith out there. He's out in the mud, the mud room. All right, I'm going to step out of this confessional. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Hey, what up, man? How right. was that? That was amazing. Father Flavor's a really, he's a really smart guy, and he helped me through that. I, felt I don't know. I don't trust it. the church. <laughs> I like it when he sits on my lap. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've always found that kind of interesting why he does that. It is a little weird. What's going on in that <laughs> confession booth? I guess you can't talk about it. All right, let's get into today's movie. Oh, my goodness. Um, this was a pretty freaking awesome movie. What? I, I, I don't think I so. I didn't like it. You guys didn't like it? Not I didn't really. Think, there was, was not, not nearly enough action as they promised there would be. See, well, this was the thing for me, and, and you guys were following the plot. I had no clue what was going on with the <laughs> yeah. plot, but I liked the directing. <laughs> I thought our guy Mink 
lowercase m mink did a really good job with this one it was okay uh way better than jeff f king and i think even that's because he had uh fucking bin dang and donnie fauntleroy with him yeah I, uh, dp donnie fauntleroy he's doing guy. director of photography yeah dude yeah, that's kind that's, of his thing that's a, seri- oh, that's a serious role is it I, yeah, I, dude, he has dude. more credits uh, as that than as a director that's basically camera shots Composition. And you know his hot wife is traveling around make, making out with him on the set yeah. everywhere. We love you, Donnie Fontaroy. Sabrina to his Fred Haas. Exactly. We need to get Donnie Fontaroy's wife on this podcast. Bing dang, throwing out that paper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so where do we start, Flav? Oh, man. We start right in the action, dude. We're like... We do. We're, we're in it. And Seagal and his buddy, his... Well, I should say his... What do you, what do you call it? Not a partner. In, in the military, it's like more your... He's probably a sergeant or something it's like that. I guess it is your partner. Yeah, you yeah, and your partners. your unit, whatever. Him and his unit, which is only two people. They're looking at this, this, uh, this like stronghold, I guess, in Myanmar. We, Myanmar. We're in the Golden Triangle, Southeast Asia. And there's all, all the these like kind of baddies, from. right? And they're the all, heroin you know, capital of the world. Exactly. They got the guns and stuff. And there's the slaves working for them. They, they can have, see this. Yeah, slaves on elephants, kind of thing. Yeah, situation. exactly. Um, I do have to point out real quick. Yes. His partner is played by star NFL running back Eddie George. Yeah, of the Tennessee Titans. Woo-hoo. We love you, Eddie. He's great. Eddie George was recently uh, starring in Chicago, I believe, as the MC in the musical Chicago. Really? Uh, he's a very, t- again, I That's saw him awesome. on Comedy Bang Bang. He's a super talented dude. That's good. Um, Shout out to Eddie George. But uh, he doesn't really get to do that much in this movie. No, he doesn't. Because oh, when, my goodness. when so, these uh, yeah. Burmese thugs attempt to uh, rape. rape a young woman, Seagal, of course, can't stand for that. This is um, the thing that I found was weird, is that Seagal chooses to shoot these guys and in, and basically create this riot because everyone hears it. Right. He could, he, but they were very far off of the jungle where he could have just went and killed them like hand to hand he he didn't have to do the shooting did yeah, you, i was wondering about that too did you notice though because he originally shot the first guy with his gun which had a suppressor on it right but then it like jammed or something so he had so to he went steal right to the, the other guy one. he had to steal the other guy's gun which didn't have any sort of suppression uh, on it and then shot why, the other dude why and that's when get everyone all heard them intricacies in these movies <laughs> i feel like sometimes directors try to do too much and like writers try to do too much like i'm glad that you caught that but it's like come on man just like fucking kill them and move on with the like why i have one gun jam and then another that's too, yeah well the difficult thing much. about it's these movies much. and what makes them so ludicrous and i was really feeling it's it in this much. movie is that Seagal has no flaws and he can't he's not allowed to learn anything because he already knows everything he, that's yeah, true. so it all has to be these fates of circumstance that that end up because he's the good guy trying to do do the good thing and stop stop this uh, sexual assault uh he blows the cover of him and eddie george um because his gun jams that ultimately happens even though again as flave said he could have gone hand to hand and maybe he taken should care of have him. gone hand to hand um so yeah, so so shit shit goes crazy in the situation. Eddie George gets shot. Oh, the Skippy comes in to extract them. Yep. And when they get on the Skippy, we see Eddie George get hit in the chest a couple times. And then Seagal and Eddie George have a pea bear and brown man moment where he's like, "You're gonna be all right. He's gonna, you're gonna be all right." And Eddie George's like, "You lying motherfucker!" <laughs> and Seagal's like, Seagal oh, is yeah, oh, very right. unconvincing too." Yeah, yeah. No, he's just like, "Yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be I all hope right." That, I assume I'm Eddie George in the circumstance. <laughs> yeah, probably. I hope that when I'm on my deathbed, when you you blow our cover uh, to help some some young lady, yeah, and uh, I get shot. And I, my teeth are all red from blood somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though I got shot in the chest, it looks like I was just eat, drinking fruit juice. Yeah. Um, Hawaiian punch. And, and I hope you'll be a little less laissez-faire about telling me that I'm not going to die. <laughs> because Stephen goes... I can't really make that <sighs> promise because I don't know how I'll act in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be distracted? Will you be texting while you do it? Please uh, tell me you don't be texting while you I do it. I might be trying to like make sure that the number that I just got from the 
almost raped chick is real. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Gee. Moving on. Here we go. Title segment. Donnie Fontaroy, Bindang, Steven Seagal Bindang. present. <laughs> Bindang. Into the Sun. Into the Sun, 2005. There are lots of enormous shots of the sun. We know we're going to be in Japan in this mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley Clark is doing the music, which was great. Yeah, um, the music was fun. But so we head right to right to Tokyo. And I think maybe right now, do you want do you want to go there right now? Because this is a very foreign film for Seagal. It's very much based in a certain place. And I think uh, we knew we were gonna talk about it. Let's go to Flavors of the World. Let's do it. Yeah. Let pull up my notes. Flavors of the World. This is like one instance in when the music actually does kind of fit yeah, the flavors actually, of the world that we're talking about. We are going to Asia, more specifically Japan. We haven't really talked about Tokyo. Yep. We was haven't really talked about that before in specific. You know what I mean? Like we've talked about kind of like in Belly of the Beast, we talked about Thailand and stuff, but Japan is very different. One of my best friends is half Japanese, Tom Lane. You guys know Tom. Love Tom. Yeah. Shout out to Shout Tom, out to Tom. Who Tom. listens to this. Um, it's a homeland of sorts for Seagal. Oh it's yeah, a, dude, it's Seagal a place where he did a lot of so, growing up. So Seagal does a lot of like Japanese discuss, like he talks in Japanese a lot. And again, is similar to his French. It's really good, <laughs> but unlike the French, it makes sense because he lived in Japan. Um, the things that we're really focusing on in this movie are the yakuza, yes, and their traditions. It's kind of like the yakuza, and then of course we have the Chinese tongs. So I want oh, to say were, they were Chinese. Okay, yeah, All right, that the tongs okay. are Chinese. That's why they were kind of upset that they were making that was right. But I'm gonna okay. stick to you know I'm gonna keep it to the to the yakuza's, and this kind of covers the tongs as well because this is just in general like kind of Asian gang culture. Okay, tell, very, me, tell very, us about Asian gang culture. Very ritual based. Yes. Very very spiritual. Very. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of code, a lot of bushido going on. You know, respect, humility, sincerity, all that sure. kind of stuff. Except it's a crime organization. It's it's interesting. It's almost parallel to like the Italian mafia, where there's a code. Yes. There's very specific things like you don't kill this guy like that. You don't just do this here. You don't just you don't go after like the wives. But they're all like doing. You know, they're selling heroin and they're shooting people and killing right. people. But they still have this mo- like quote unquote moral code. Right. So that's one big thing in the Yakuza, and you see this in the movie because they have kind of a split in the faction between the older Yakuza who are sticking by these traditions and rituals and like we we have a way of working we don't unfortunately it's a little bit of kind of uh, a should I say bigotry or racism in the sense that they don't work with the Chinese the Yakuza don't work with the Chinese right, right. right. they just don't yeah. do that but this younger generations you know like fuck culture fuck the code and everything like that. I just want to make money. We're going to team up with these guys. So there's that conflict because they're so... so explain this to me then. Okay, so the younger Yakuza, Mm -hmm. who Seagal ultimately sides against, I would say, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's Kuroda. Yeah, that's Kuroda. Right, that's Kuroda. He wants to work with the Chinese, a.k.a. The Tongs. The Tongs. The Tongs. Yeah. Okay, and Seagal ultimately... But they are losing their sense of tradition as well. Yeah, right. Seagal is on the side of the, and, and it seems like from his past, he's been involved with the Yakuza at the higher levels, the older levels. That's why he has this discussion with that boss about Kojima, like, Kojima about yep. what's happening with the younger generations and all this kind of crap. And they were like, oh, who, we'll see who gets to him first, this and that. Because he's actually tied in with that older generation. Because they know Seagal's a man of tradition. He's a sword master. He, right. he understands that tradition. Um, one other thing I want to say in... Um, relation to the Yakuza is that they had the best fucking cars on Grand Theft Auto. I don't know if you played Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yakuza cars are so slick. I loved the Yakuza cars. The Triad cars weren't that cool, but I always looked for the Yakuza cars because they were like the metal, like sleek, kind of like Porsche looking. They had the silver and red. It was pretty cool. Um, my last thing for the Flavors of the World, 
Asian women. Yep, Seagal loves Specifically them. Specifically, Seagal's wife and what you're kind of, or not wife, but his his geisha love interest or whatever. There were many is, beautiful, this was a, yeah. a non, non-overcooked egg, where when we saw some beautiful women who didn't become Seagal's yeah. love interest. There were and a we're, variety and we're going to tie women. this into our next segment. There's a scene where Seagal is sitting with this girl and they're talking, and it seems like whatever he's saying, this chick is just agreeing to. And it's funny because this is very similar, maybe, I don't know how much in the 21st century nowadays, but very similar to Indian women in that they're extremely servile. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in the sense that they're very devoted to their husbands and it's almost like a blind faith that once I say I'm with you or once I marry you or whatever, it's like, I'm with you. Like, whatever the husband decides, I even if she thinks right. it's against her better judgment, she'll go. So when Stephen's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'll come back for you. She's just like, I'll go wherever with you. I'll do this with you. I'll do that with you. Like, I got and you were like, is that, is that, does that make sense? Like, and I was right. like, well, yeah, you I, know, for them it does. They're they're very devoted like that. Well, okay. Also, Steven Seagal wrote this script. So he's he's kind of writing <laughs> sure. his, his perfect sure. woman, which is somebody of who course, will not question of course. him, I would but say. But I think that's that's very much how it is in, in Asian culture. I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities between Asians and and. South Asian, like us Indians, sure. you know, the subcontinent of Asia. So our our view, I feel like that's that's something that he, even though he wrote the script and probably you know, maybe aggrandized it a little bit, but like I do think that's something that's pervasive there. That um, especially a movie like this, Yakuza, kind of samurai sword right. culture stuff like that, dude. Samurais, like they, you know, like and especially like in the Shogun era, the, those wives were just ex- they would live and die by their husbands. So I I, I believe that segment of it. And I think that's great, you know, because. You know, you got Americanized women who are just kind of sass all up your ass every <laughs> single day. And so, hey, well, what we've all been there, guys. We've oh all been. God, okay. Shout out to all the guys who've been burned before. You know what I'm saying? But this one for the guys. What do you think, ladies? Oh, <laughs> this is one for Steve Harvey to chime in on. Hit us up at Seriously Seagal um, on, on Twitter. Or seriously we're gonna, on Facebook. We actually, we're going to reenact that scene later. We're going to reenact that scene later. But I have a little addition to Flavors of the yeah, World. Or I, I had a few thoughts about this. Yeah, please, because once again, thoughts. we see uh, Steven Seagal getting into the murky waters of cultural reappropriation. Um, and yes, the big schism that uh, emerges in the Yakuza um, is between Kuroda, who is willing to work with the Chinese, um, right. against, what's the other dude's name? Kojima. The, Kojima, who is more of a traditionalist, more of a hardliner. Yep. Right. Um, also, these younger guys are drinking Jack Daniels and idolizing blue jeans and American yeah. culture and things they're, like that. They're pretty styling. They got they got flashy leather jackets. Yeah, you know, totally. Sunglasses. I love the Jack the Daniels aspect because I get what you're saying that that's they're like American. They're like, oh, Jack Daniels, but like, right. If you were like a really rich like gang leader, you would not. Be I thought it was silly. Jack it was Daniels. definitely a thing in yeah. a movie. Like it's to the worst make kind of whiskey. Guys. If like, you know, like if a mafia You'd don was like, nice. let me get a two fingers of Jack Daniels. You'd be like, like what? Whistle <laughs> like, pig or some shit. So I think that's something Seagal, as a screenwriter, um, is is using uh, to make these guys having lost their culture, lost their sense sure, of tradition. Sure. And the weird thing that I felt about this movie is that Seagal ultimately posits himself as more Japanese oh, yeah. than these Japanese men. Oh, fuck he yeah, is dude. an American. I noticed that he speaks I, Japanese. He's the first person to really speak Japanese in this movie. We had this weird subtitles thing. We weren't sure if we could get subtitles. Um, there's also scenes of Japanese dudes talking to just each other, not to Seagal. In English. In English. Yeah. And and not being subtitled, and yeah. then Seagal shows up speaking Japanese, and there is subtitles. So it's clearly a posture on his part, I would say, oh, to sure. show off his Japanese first. He and I like how all the bad guys Japanese. are enraged, like the younger Yakuza generation are enraged more because he's an American. Like, an American in our business, like an American is asking, like, an American's asking about, you know, it's just so much more, he's just pissed off that it's an American asking about his business more than anything. Like, he thinks he's a Japanese, like, swordmaster. Like, right, you know, totally. Like, so it's I, I I think he might even speak more Japanese than the Japanese people do. 
Dude, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right? And it's so fluent. It, it was crazy. But I he's writing the script, you know? Like, yeah, he's yeah, the one in yeah. charge of yeah. making it happen. Yes, it makes no making sense. I wonder if that, like, Seagal writing and those things about, like, you know, how they call him, like, a round eye, and they call him, like, oh, the American guy, this and that. wonder if that's, like, based a little bit off of the shit and the flack that he had to take becoming an Aikido master and opening his school in Japan and run and teaching in Japan. Yeah, like, I wonder. I'm sure there were so many people oh, that I'm hated sure that, you know, back then. Like, I'm sure they hated that he was doing it. And that... That was before he like he was in shape and legit back then. So like you know he he was trying and just he probably got a lot of shit for that. So I wonder if it's you know him. Kind I think of it's a, a thing. I think it's a, a technique to make him the other. But we also see through his actions that he deserves to be in a sense. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. more Japanese. That's why I wonder if it's based on that. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into the actual movie because we haven't really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we're in Tokyo. What did that first scene have to do with anything? The Eddie George. Thing? I was I was uh, thinking about that. It, is it just the, to show that he's a badass? The only thing that it really connects to the rest of the movie yeah, is that actually. the um it's because oh, it's the commander, tongs right. Well, no, it's because the tongs and uh, Kuroda want to. Um, Work yeah. in and get but, but get it into the I, golden triangle. I think that specific scene itself also just sets up the commander who's giving, you know, who calls him up later and he's like, "Hey, like Travis, like we got a job for you." You know, the 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 white dude who's running everything in Tokyo, right? Like the old, like the yeah, okay, commissioner, so, or whatever right. his name is. But he was he was also he had eyes on that like location where Stephen went and blew up the mission, right? So I think they were just connecting the fact that Stephen used to work for this guy. It's been years now yeah, since that right. mission, and then he has to call him up again and be like, "Travis, guess who?" Yeah, like, Needle it's been Dick forever. from Ghostbusters is running things from behind the scenes in a really eight bit looking command center of some kind with all these horribly green screened. Uh, uh, yeah. screens. So in I there. think that's what the point of that first Okay, so so it starts with this assassination, uh, this motorcycle assassin yep. kills a gov a Japanese governor yep. of some kind. Um they get away on the the motorcycle is pretty cool. This whole beginning is uh why well, I, I like the directing here. I thought the the aerial shots were really cool. Yeah. All the video game stuff. So they're is basically cool. setting up the fact that this guy y who's the younger guy again? The bad guy. Yeah. Kuroda is Chris Kuroda. Basically involved with the Chinese tongs led by um, Roy Orbison. No, the tongs are led by what's the other guy that I said? Michael fucking Michael Shannon. Shannon. There you go, led by Michael Shannon. I don't know who Roy Orbison is, so I can't make that. Well, reference. Michael Shannon is one of the other guys too. Yeah, there's the Johnny Chinese Depp, tongs? Michael Shannon, Roy Orbison, and uh, then, Michael uh, Shannon is the leader of the tongs, though. Um, I'm not is totally he? sure. Maybe not. But anyway, so it's just setting up the fact that this guy is setting up with the tongs and trying to take out the older generation of the Yakuza's. Right. Okay. So we kind of see this this beginning. There's going to be a lot of bloodshed in this but movie and I assassinations don't think that I didn't the, understand. I don't think that this old, like, commissioner or whatever, Needle Dick guy, is, understands that, though. He thinks it's, like, some sort of government conspiracy with the Yakuza, right? Like, that they're trying to, like, do something. So that's why he's... That's why the police and stuff are involved. So, yeah, I don't understand this American guy's they jurisdiction have, they in, don't have in jurisdiction. Japan. They but don't. he winds up calling in, who do we got? Travis Hunter. Of course. Yes. A skip, famous skip, skip, maker skip. of swords and seller of swords. <laughs> A classic Japanese swords master. You see him being all Travis humble in like, the shop of his when he's like talking to that older guy and he's like oh but you're f you're legendary and he's like yeah. no i just sell swords he's i love like, that little guy i heard you cut up. off a man's arm like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like so much reverence in his eyes Lo yeah, he loves yeah. cigars he's so like, much cigars just being like so home. i i thought he's that like, guy was gonna get killed i would later pay a hundred times more for a lesson from you yeah cigars <laughs> like oh i'm not much of a teacher <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ama it was a lot like i love the AMA. it i love it um so Travis gets involved. He goes into this uh, FBI building in Tokyo, I guess, which, yep. again, I'm not sure what the makes sense. I really enjoyed the way he gave the finger 
to the dude to uh, oh, they, through they the kind uh, of one-way mirror. Yeah, through the one-way mirror, he gives them this little dancing. His fingers dance and, and land on a middle finger, which was kind of a beautiful yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was some of the best acting I've ever seen to go. <laughs> Um, Fair. Do He's so. So again. Fingers. So the FBI is trying to get him involved because he knows the Yakuza's. Yeah. I thought this meeting that they have with him was basically like any meeting that somebody has with Steven Seagal, where he's just kind of rude, a little flip, and arrogant. Then he leaves, and then the other two guys look at each other and go, "Oh, that that went well." And that was basically it. Yeah. Well, he basically just walks in there and owns the whole situation. He walks through this, the metal detectors, which go off, and the Marines standing there just let him walk right by. They don't do anything. Yeah, and that he walks was so in, ridiculous. And he walks in and basically has total control of the situation. He basically tells this FBI guy what what's gonna be what's gonna happen and what's what they're gonna do. Right. And he's like, All right, listen here, this is what I'm gonna do. You wait here, don't interfere with me, and I'll do my shit. Mumbling like crazy <laughs> yeah, in the this whole movie. way through. The whole way through. Uh, yeah, Japanese accents and mumbles. Um, and then so he starts solving the crime, basically. Yep. And he, he's, he has the idea to go to the security camera mm-hmm. of this assassination. <laughs> yeah, they he, needed him at the crime scene footage. to point out there was a cu- uh, that's security such camera. And everyone's like, wow, great idea, Stephen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then they look at the security camera footage, which I enjoyed this. They were doing one of those enhance, enhance, enhance <laughs> on the assassin. And it gets blurrier and blurrier and blurrier. And then the last photo is incredibly clear. It's a per- picture of the dude's medallion. Yeah. Uh, so he, he figures clear. that yeah. this is where he tracks clear, yeah. it down into the Yakuza. We meet um, his old man, his sensei, sensei for a second. Yeah. And Mei Ling, this young woman who is his uh, protege of some. Right. He used to be her master, I guess. Sword apprentice or yeah, some sort. Right, or right, right, right. Like and then we kind of start to meet the bad guys. So there, there are actually a lot of characters there are, in this. Yeah. I was and, gonna say, and sorry. it's a little hard to keep track of everybody, right? Is this the fucking Avengers? I'd say like a good third of this movie is just meetings with people. Yes, we're going from meetings. From yeah, I was promised more one certain character to meetings with a different character, and there are so many like kind of somewhat important characters there. You had to kind of know their role to understand the whole plot. Sure. And I, after a while, it got kind of confusing. I had to a couple moments i had to just you know take a second and be like all right so this guy's doing this this guy's well again the plot Mm -hmm. is just basically hits and meetings on people hits on people in meetings yeah there's not really too many plot twists involved so why don't we try to figure out some of these characters with one of our favorite segments oh yeah let's Let's take it it to the keith david non-sigal memorial oh shit what do you think keith david non-sigal mvp oh yes How's it going, boys? Good to see you, Keith. Very well. Good to see you as well. How's well, your poker game going with Father Flavor? Ah, don't ask about that shit. You lose some money? Fuck you. I noticed <laughs> you're just wearing your undies and a, a wife beater right now. Uh, Has he sat you know. on your lap, too? <laughs> no, what kind of... What? Something weird's going, something weird's going on. Smitty. I don't, don't allow that in gym class, Smitty. We need to get a spotlight. I thing thought going we on. talked about this before. <laughs> Where's Mark Ruffalo? When no you boy on boy action in gym class. Okay. All right, Keith, go back to your game. Go win some money back. Ah, it's all gone. <laughs> all right, Yolanda. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Spot me a five. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw it to Smitty first on this one. Uh, Smitty, who who do you think was okay. the non Seagal MVP? There are a lot of characters to sort through here. I think my non Seagal MVP would be the uh, tattoo artist, one of Seagal's yes. assets. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah, at the beginning, Seagal just basically tra- he's tracking down a meeting with the yakuza, and he goes through a, a series of assets who yes. basically send him to the next person. Uh, but that's this tattoo artist guy was pretty cool and became his pal. He right? was pretty cool, and he was involved in the uh, final battle at the end. He, yeah, he became a badass. You know, killed some people. Was Got pretty, himself was, a new tattoo. 
Got himself a, a nice new tattoo. Um, but, like, you know, he, he had some action on the sword. It was great. I, I really enjoyed him. Yeah, he was kind of the Bobby Porter in this one. He was not in the movie that much at all. I think I would have preferred Eddie George to be the sidekick the whole way through. I would, too. I was actually shocked he died that early. I was like, oh, I think he's probably going to have like somewhat of a role throughout the movie, but then I'll... Eddie, Ge- Eddie George has serious uh, Keith David potential. I'd like to see them them get back together oh, at some point. That'd be great. But I think he he's, his role was just a little too short lived. I don't even know what this guy's name was, the tattoo artist either. I yeah, don't know what I his character's got, name I, was. I was really having trouble with all the names. But yeah, that guy that guy was pretty good. I liked he, him calling his his gun gunshot wound a tattoo uh, yeah. was like <laughs> calling calling it a raspberry or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it really and got he actually there. he survives at the end. So yeah, that's right. That's right. We do see him after he's. He got injured. He's all healed up. Can we call him up. Tattoo? Yeah, let's like do that. Like from Fantasy tattoo. Island to yeah. Plane to Plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do that. That's a dated reference. Okay, Clay, <laughs> who's your non-Segal MVP? My non-Segal MVP... Oh man, I I liked I liked Smitty's dude, but I didn't I didn't have him as MVP. I had my MVP as... <laughs> well, I, I initially had it as the dude who was... Um, I don't know what you'd call him. I guess he was cross-dressing and, like, introducing all the geishas to be bought. Yeah, that's and when Seagal like, brings like, his girl, weird. his fiance, on a date. I thought the yeah. bad guys were going to be at this, this looked like kind of a strip club. Yeah. But Seagal was actually there with his date. It was, like, the the really effeminate MC yeah. guy yeah, with, yeah. like, lipstick. Yeah, and yeah. And he's like, like oh, look at these fishnet <laughs> stockings. Can we call him uh, uh, Gary Gritter? And then he was doing, like, <laughs> an Gary impression Gritter, of, like... Yes. A robot dancing or something, right? He was like doing the robot dancing, and he was just like making he weird was facial. RoboCop dancing. Oh, RoboCop dancing, making weird facial expressions. I was like, this guy is the it best. Was strange. He got a lot of screen time. Yeah, dude. Probably too much screen time. I was wondering if that's like his shtick that that like he actually does. In Maybe real life. he's like an actual performer, and that's kind of like <laughs> that guy was like out that's of control. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be his actual job. We should go catch a show with that guy. Let's go to Japan, guys. And he, I like I like his shtick where he shows off girls in blue jeans and tank tops, and then just insults them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On stage. Yeah. That was all he was doing. Um, and then I thought for a brief moment that I would also maybe have the MVP as the Johnny Depp dude just because he was being all crazy. But then he killed my girl, Nakayama. Or Nayo, yeah, there's, a, jo- there's yeah. a Johnny Depp henchman over there. I was like, fuck um, that. He's an asshole. Yeah, so he lost that He's spot. one of Kuroda's right-hand men. Yeah. I would give a, a, a So my MVP, I would give a runner-up to Kuroda, the young Yakuza bad guy uh, who is always wearing white. I was trying to figure out who he looked like, but I was having, I was having so much yeah, trouble with that. Yeah, I was also trying that. He has a henchman who looks like Johnny Depp. He has a henchman who looks like Roy Orbison. He looks like the dude from Fast and Furious. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, yeah, totally. From the Tokyo Drift one? Yeah, well, from Tokyo and the one after and the one after until he gets killed. Right. Oh, spoilers for Fast and Furious 5. Fast 5. Um, what impressed me about this dude is that he, he wears white the whole time. He wears a white fishnet shirt. Um, in very inappropriate areas, and he also sells heroin in fish. So I thought that was a nice <laughs> little little thing. But he also he stabs a, to death a man uh, very brutally with a so- with a katana sword while wearing this white shirt, uh, his, his a, whole white attire. It's not a good combination. No, a bad call. He <laughs> should have put on a smock. I feel like <laughs> yeah, right. Smock. Um, and so I he gets that. he gets all bloodied up. Next scene, he's wearing the same suit, totally clean. <laughs> I bet I bet he's, he's like uh, ones. yeah I was gonna say I bet it's like a cartoon character's like a, a dresser you know they open it up it's just the same thing in like like twenty different yeah he <laughs> is spending all his heroin money on pristine white fishnet it's like shirts Vincent D'Onofrio and Daredevil as Kingpin he always wears the black suits but 
So that's, that guy was my runner-up. Okay. But I'm going to give my Keith David Nonsegal MVP. Spit it out, boy. For episode 18, Into the Sun, 2005. Spit in honor out. of Keith B. David Williams. Two, uh, Tosh 2.0. Or <laughs> oh, you didn't. I thought you were going to do this. Oh, no, you didn't. Touch oh, 2.0 is the, uh, the, oh, the plucky young partner God damn, that, that Seagal is He's paired up worst. with. Uh, Seagal hates this kid. I hate this kid. Seagal only gives him bad advice and ultimately gets him killed. Dude, this guy is so inept. <laughs> yeah, he he's really bad. He's so inept. He has an accidental discharge at one point in the How middle did of he the get street. How the FBI? Yeah, that's uh, right. That After that, um, that market square, he little, like little he little like battle. flinches and shoots his fucking thing. Like, how does he get into the FBI that way? I, uh, also, why is he running cases in Japan if he doesn't speak any Japanese? And Sigal just like admonishes him. He's like. Was that just an AD? What What are you doing, man? Like, he's just like yeah. After Seagal takes Seagal care of business, like tears into him. Five Yakuza bros. This dude accidentally he just, dis- he just flinches and shoots a gun in the middle of the street. So Seagal says, "You're in big trouble for that," Seagal and then <laughs> then runs away. His partner Seagal. No, Seagal's just like, leaves. "You're actually in the." He's like, "You're actually on the force, so have fun dealing with that." Or so that, and he just walks off. He's just it, like after like yelling at him and humiliating him in the street. Then he's supposed to do like soft surveillance on the Corota factory. Yes. Right. He's not to eat, from a distance, and he ends Seagal up going inside. Seagal specifies at a distance. Yes, Seagal specifies at a distance, and this guy goes inside and totally fucks up the whole situation. He goes inside and gets caught by um, uh, Kuroda's henchmen, yep. uh, Johnny Depp and was it Roy Orbison? I think Roy Orbison was Roy in that Orbison one. and Johnny Depp, and basically blows his whole cover. And I, from it's that shocking that he got as far as he did. It is shocking that he walked he in just and found walked these right planes. in. He's yeah. the only uh, white person there, only like American yeah, Caucasian. Yeah, people are going dude. up. Daniel Tosh, Daniel Tosh. <laughs> I, love, I love your show. Yeah, yeah. So what happens after that? Spitty? Well, he he escapes, but they're kind of. Trailing him and are, are tracking That's him. Right. This is the best <laughs> scene. They, they have a walking yeah, chase. They have a walking chase, and the music gets so tense. The, Stanley Clark killing it on the ones and twos. Dude, they're literally walking like they're probably 10 like twenty feet, feet behind yeah. him. Through, through, and there's a gun pointed at his bed. They could shoot him at any chance. They could do this so easily if they wanted, but they're just pointing this gun and walking behind him. <laughs> even when this guy attempts to get into a cab. They don't even run to catch him. They just they keep like the guy like kind of starts to spread and then stop and he's like no 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 this is a walking chase I got to respect the rules yeah and he yeah, like, yeah 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 exactly yeah this is and a they let chase. him go into the taxi and they could have jogged they to achieve their goals if for one guy five just seconds. took off for like yeah five seconds they could have caught him immediately I do like how so we cut away from that and we come back and <laughs> Ryan Reynolds Tosh point oh, uh, Mac is he's <laughs> eating food at <laughs> a food <laughs> truck and that's how he gets street. caught yeah. and ultimately dies because he wanted to get a snack. <laughs> That's something we would do, Flynn. Yeah, dude. Seriously. So um, and oh, the, yeah, so again, he then he winds up oh in, in a place where he's being tortured by yakuzas. Yep. He fights them for some stupid reason. Doesn't do well, and it's then useless. he gets his his something happens to his neck. Oh, jeez. From Mr. Roy Orbison, oh. and I think that's gonna get us to send it over to another segment we call Snap It with Mr. Smitty. Snap It with Mr. Smitty. With Mr. Smitty. <laughs> with Mr. Smitty. We'll snap it. Snap All right, boys. Tell us, Smitty. Come snap me, Smitty. So today, as you just heard, our our Tosh Point O oh, or whatever we're calling him, I think his character's name was Mac or something like yeah. that. Mac. Um, so he's our first snap of the day. He gets his neck snapped. That was the first one? Yeah, that was the first Wait, one. Wait, what's our total, though, today? 
Oh, just you wait. All right, yeah, just I, I like wait, this. Raj. I like the way you're doing yeah, it. Building it up here. So one, okay. so yeah. one next snap. That was Our, that was a sad moment. It was a sad moment. Dude, he, he was he, he was got, asking for yeah. it the whole What a weak movie, character. Seagal he was never had any worst. any amount of love for this guy. No, not at all. Who should have ultimately been the Bobby Porter, but was he was a he was red, too inept. Red Bobby he was Porter. too inept. Yeah. Um. And then we had kind of uh, uh we had two more snaps in one situation on one person. I believe uh, Seagal did like an arm or shoulder snap to uh, one guy in this little we'll like, hand-to-hand fight. We'll get into we, that. Yeah, Raj will tell you a little bit more about that in Neeks. And then uh, went for his ankle, I think it was. It was hard to yep. see. It was really dark. So there was a kind of a double one there. And so we have a total of three today. Not bad. Okay. No goose eggs. We hit the under. Under for Over, the Over, under, four and a half, as all you guys know. So, um yeah, but maybe Raj here could talk a little bit about the techniques used in some oh, of these snaps. Should shit. we talk Neeks with the brown man? Talking Neeks with the brown man. Okay. Breaking down some techniques. What does the brown man yeah. think about what Steven did today? You know what? Not not too bad. Not too bad. I Like I said, I was disappointed. I was disappointed that um there wasn't as many action sequences as I would have liked, but... The ones that they were there, there was it was good. There was there was some snaps, like I said. There was some good hand to hand combat. Great. I thought there, there was. was some great that fist of fury and scene actually, at the end was yeah, great. And actually, Seagal was doing it, which is great. You could see it was actually him doing that. He still has got his hand speed, you know. Um, couple of kicks and things like that. A couple of combos that Steve threw that was pretty great. He like had a couple of like outside leg kicks into like some some hand strikes, and I was yeah, like, damn, all right, bro. Like, way to get some MMA shit in there. Um, I'd like to talk about that scene though that Smitty was talking about. So it was a double break. It was two distinct breaks, but how it came was off of um, the guy was like punching or grabbing or something like that. So he grabbed his arm and he flipped it into kind of like people who are more familiar with jujitsu, like a Kanoa kind of a position, or if you're just thinking of like a standing kind of straight arm bar. Um, or the guy's kind of bent over. You can think of like that. And he cracks the shoulder first, mm. but then he uses that to drive the guy down. So when the guy's on the floor, he then uses that to kind of drive in and crack the wrist afterwards. I'm kind of having trouble picturing that flip. So, yeah. So just we, how about, <laughs> here's a crazy idea. What if you were Seagal and I'm the bad guy? Yeah. So and don't go. Try not to go totally full speed. But okay. Yeah. So basically, it would be. Let me. Is this a two break? Is this a two double snap situation? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's a two snapper. <laughs> okay. It's right. a two snapper, so you've got. You know, you've injured me on this be, before, so just yeah. Be, it would like, be as if the okay. arm was like that. Yeah. Right, and so the first break is going to be to the shoulder because okay. he drives it down that way. But then once the shoulder's on the mat, he just keeps pushing this part. He keeps pushing oh, the geez. wrist once the shoulder's Watch into out. the mat. He oh keeps pushing into okay. it. Keeps pushing. Okay. Keeps pushing, and eventually you get your second snap. Okay, so why don't we take it from the top again? Sure. Let's do okay. it a little bit faster. Do you have something? All right. So basically, the punch comes. He's going to turn around, go here. Okay. First snap oh, comes to the shoulder. Oh! Second oh one to God. the wrist. Jesus. Oh! oh, oh. And uh, you get two distinct snaps. Oh, the pain. There could have been a third snap to the elbow that he didn't do. He was nice enough to not snap that elbow, Peeps. but he could have very easily done that as well. Pain is your friend. <laughs> Learn to embrace it and love it. I was it. Say, um, you got quite the tolerance. Oh, okay. I'm going to go right-handed for the rest of this uh, podcast, I think. So I really <laughs> like that. Use both I hands. liked that, you know, again, this is Steven writing it, so that's why you would see that two distinct... Bra- I feel like a lot of other writers or directors would not get that completely. I, I, have a, I have a legit question. I don't know if we can answer it, but I wonder if somebody could tweet us at Seriously Seagal or hit us up on Facebook, Seriously Seagal. Yeah. Do they choreograph the fight? Is the fight written into the screenplay or is it choreographed in the moment? How prepared uh, are they for That's that? a good question. I don't it, actually, usually no. in screenplays, the, it basically goes, they'll, they'll just write, they fight. Mm-hmm. 
and then it's right. choreographed. Okay. All right, and then, uh, and then I'm, I'm sure they mention like if something specific is supposed to happen. Right. I'm sure that like gets mentioned, yeah. but generally it's just like kind of they fight or whatever. Uh, yeah, they would they write in it, like so they, Gaul breaks every one of his bones uh, with a hammer. Right, right. Okay, if if we were doing Kill Switch or something, like exactly. That. Okay. Um, speaking of Sagal being the screenwriter in this, <laughs> there were some very strange moments with Sagal's involvement because when he he what? tracks down his first contact, the woman who he winds up proposing to yeah um, <laughs> Nakayama his music is playing in the background of the bar that girl, they're at it's alright <laughs> it's the song Girl, girl It's Alright which right we listened to in the me. van this weekend Raj <laughs> and we listened to it didn't we listen to it yesterday <laughs> maybe but that was just, just me it's a very strange thing so <laughs> in the world of of this movie he's listening song, to see Steven Seagal Steven Seagal songs. exists as a singer songwriter yeah wow it, and also that's have we said our lead character's name yet <laughs> Travis, Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. Yeah. God, it's yeah. so important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Travis Hunter also exists as a badass. They don't uh, ever say his name, but they keep calling him the American because they're so pissed off at him being white. Yeah, they never they, be like Travis is after us. They're like that American is after yeah, they keep us. Doing, there's there's some, a few other movies where they where he's the American too. I'm trying to remember. It might be in um, um, Out of Reach. They might they might keep calling him being concerned yes, about an American. Yes, yes, um, But you love Out of Reach. Something I love Out of Reach so much. Listen to episode 11, everybody. <laughs> um, something, But the sound of this movie, because of the Steven Seagal soundtrack, as well as, again, a really good soundtrack from uh, Stanley Clark, uh, the bass player from Return to Forever, um, there's so much mumbling. I also noticed the sound design was really cool. Um, when those those sword fights at the end get really squishy yeah. and gross sounding, lots of lots of nice blood splatter sound um, effects and, and uh, slices. And the Dave Foley artist, of course, provided uh, several <laughs> snaps. But there was also some really great stuff to listen to because some of this dialogue was riveting. In what, why don't we take it to one of our favorite segments um, about that dialogue? Let's get some of the best one-liners in Flaves Faves. Yeah. What are your faves, Flav? Flav? Oh man, I've got a couple good ones today. Um, it wasn't like, wasn't like before. Wasn't it last week where you didn't have? We didn't have that many last week. Um, the, my my first one, which is great, was uh, you know Stevens doing his shit in Japan, and he's on you know he's on he's sur- surveying stuff and finding cameras, and mm-hmm. his. The director guy, Needle Dick, calls in and he's like, hey, Travis, like, what's going on? Like, how you doing? And how's the investigation? And he just, without missing a beat, he goes, Peachy Keen. Yeah, that was so <laughs> oh, great. Oh, that was awkward. I forgot about that. <laughs> Peachy Keen was the term used. I Have you ever heard that? In like I said that all the time. I've heard that phrase, but it's... Like in know. 20 years, have you heard it? <laughs> I, I thought this, like, this was like uh, on, Dead, on Deadly Ground where they, sh- they show at the beginning that he has like a real attitude. Towards authority, but it really has nothing to do with the rest of the movie or his character. Oh yeah, it's nothing true. at all. Um, the second one and my third favorite, or my second favorite line, was uh, Stephen kind of filling in people on what's going on and what's what's happening and what the yakuza are selling, and he's talking about the heroin, and then <laughs> he looks at the guy and he goes, "Well, blah, blah, and they're selling heroin." Or as we call it here, shabu. <laughs> yes, shabu, like shabu. is that what it's called? He's so informed at all times. I was like, because I know shabu shabu is hot pot. You just take out one of those and it becomes heroin. Because I feel like I just went on a date recently where I took a girl to shabu Maybe shabu. I'm like, hey babe, you want to go to shabu? I miss one of those shabus and it's a very different Maybe. interpretation. <laughs> like, hey baby, you want to shoot up with me? It's probably slang. Um, and then of course <laughs> my favorite is when when he's speaking to. 
Max or Mac, whatever, fucking Tosh Point No. And he goes <laughs> and he tells him and he's like, Don't go inside this building. Stay away. <laughs> long distance surveillance. Blah blah. If you get killed on my watch, I swear I'm gonna kill you again. <laughs> yeah. We didn't get to see him kill him again, actually. No, but I'm sure he's he would. <laughs> um our favorite line though is actually a dialogue exchange. Yes. And um we're we're gonna do uh, a reenactment of that for you guys today. A special reenactment. P-Bear and I are going to play the roles of... P-Bear is going to be Steven Seagal, and I'm going to be Nakayama, his love interest. Mm-hmm. I'm a lovely little geisha woman. <laughs> I and I am following him. I, I tell him that I'd like to walk for a bit, and he immediately sits me down. <laughs> We're in a beautiful park. Yeah. We come to a, 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 t- a blossoming tree. Cherry blossom tree. O- over, over a wonderful little pond. Uh, my love interest, I'm Steven now, I'm assuming mm-hmm. the role of Steven. My love interest, what's her name again? Sorry. Nakayama. Nakayama says, I would love to walk further. Steven says, let's sit right here. <laughs> it's like literally. It's like okay. <laughs> and then, uh, then, and then so this... he, he kind of goes into, are you ready for the scene? All right. yeah, are you going to be translating as well? Oh, no, I didn't write down the translation. So you're just going to be speaking Japanese. Yep. We'll see. It. We'll hear it as we hear it. We heard it in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. You'll uh, be able to understand. And they'll hear it as we heard it. Make sure to talk into the mic flavor. Yeah. Uh, so Steven says something along the lines of, you know, I've never been, never been good with women. In fact, I've always been bad with women. But for the first time, I found someone I really love. Shady bo sutanusa. Yeah, I, I, you could call it a proposal. Yes, I'm, I'm proposing to you. <laughs> Uh, so I guess that means yes. I'm very sorry, and all I can do is promise you a better life. I'm going to quit this right away. Just one last piece of work. <laughs> together we'll find someplace beautiful and quiet, and we'll have a wonderful life together. A yubikiri. Yubikiri, I promise you. Yubikiri kama yuse sembona yoso. Yukiberi yoso. And scene. <laughs> wow. That was beautiful. Awesome. That Good was job, wonderful. Guys. So the, la- the last part of that is a yubikiri promise. I think this is a legit thing. I think you can look this up. It's a type of promise. They basically pinky swear in this moment. Yeah, it's called a yubikiri promise is what they did. And so he's engaged to her. I don't know what the her. fuck else she said. Right, that was too good. If I just heard the audio for that, I would have swore that that was not you. That that was a beautiful geisha. Um, Pick me up, somebody. I really love Seagal's lines. He's. I think he must be improvising it or something. He's um, because I guess that's what he says. I guess that. you could call it a proposal. That's how he asks a girl to marry him. Yeah. Is she says it and he says, "Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying." Real cool dude. And it's funny when they pinky swear. So it's really funny. She dies. Uh, later in the movie, and then we, we cut back to this scene at the end with the pinky swear, uh, but it's Seagal imagining her, and she disappears. And she disappears. They're, they have like their pinkies locked into intertwined, and then all of a sudden her body disappears. So Seagal is just sitting there in this park with his arm raised, his pinky out, pretending yep. to pinky swear a ghost. People yep. are like, what the fuck And is Smitty wrong also called it the moment she, we saw this park bench. She goes, she's going to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> um, were those all it's your, your faves? Those were my faves, dude. Those were pretty good. Um, I, th- I, I like those. I like the moment when his buddy on the force says, uh, you've been asking questions about the streets. Now the streets are starting to ask questions yeah. about you. Yeah. And just kind of indicating the increasing heat on Seagal himself. But I really didn't have a sense of the, s- the stakes, really, in this movie. I, I, didn't, I didn't give a shit. 
uh, no. ultimately oh, about yeah, no. anybody, any of these people. I don't think Seagal did either. It's because the stakes <laughs> didn't involve Seagal directly. He had, like, you know, it wasn't, a, I mean, if he stayed out of it, it wasn't going to He's really an interloper whatsoever. in a gang yes. gang warfare situation. Yeah. And everyone dies. So he yeah. does, I don't know what he prevents. I guess he ultimately, his pal, uh, not Kuroda, but Kuji, Kujima, Kujima, winds Kujima. up ascending in, in a gang. So that's great. He becomes the new godfather of the Yakuza, as right. it said in the uh, subtitles. <laughs> so basically, uh, the one-sentence sum-up of this movie is an American interloper in Japan helps, <laughs> helps a conservative hardliner uh, gang member ascend. And defeat the new generation. And defeat the new generation. (laughs) Great. Cool. Yep. That's about it. uh, There's a great scene where... Um, uh, to show off how what a badass Kuroda is, uh, the 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 kid that uh, Seagal beats up outside the, oh yeah, uh, outside the little store yep, there. Yep, yep. Uh, after he handles all those toughs, this kid walks into the big baddie's office with a you know a bloody eye or whatever, and as a show of uh, kind of pride and, and uh, uh, humility, uh, he he cuts off his own pinky finger and throws it and, and uh, Kuroda throws it in the garbage and then shoots the kid in the head. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So he went yeah. through that for nothing. Yeah, there's a very, a very a big sense of duty and honor, and Kuroda laughing in the face of that, and not, oh, yeah. not caring. And that pinky finger is also the thing that Tosh Point No finds in the trash. Yeah, he well, does. That, that leads to nothing. I don't know what. I don't know if that helps. At least to him point. getting killed. At least to him getting killed, basically. <laughs> Yeah, so we go through a bunch of meetings and stuff. So many Seagal meetings. Proposes. So many meetings. Uh, we see that robot dog, which was pretty sweet. Oh, that's Robo another example. Of, that's another example of uh, them laughing in the face of tradition. <laughs> robot dogs. <laughs> yeah, the robot dogs. We see Gary Gritter do his uh, singing RoboCop impression. Uh, <laughs> uh, we see some titties. Okay, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> we see some titties. What, what was the point of the the titties? woman, the FBI woman, who is following Seagal? Because she had to report back she, in case he was getting out of hand to right. Needle Dick. I didn't follow. And she was only in it for half a yeah, second. Yeah, she only had like two there scenes. There was a lot of unnecessary characters to build more depth into this yeah. movie than needed to be. And as always, people talking with enormous reverence about Steven Seagal's character. He, the, man, the man is somewhat famous, always. There's always tales that people have heard about them. <laughs> Something I did appreciate this about this movie that is not uh, 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 this is not an overcooked egg about this movie. Again, I thought there were some well thing well done things about this, although the the stakes and the plot were a little uh, sketchy. Um, is there was no scene of uh, the weapons cachet? That's right. Which we've <coughs> seen in, in almost literally every single other Seagal movie. I was going to say this is one of the f- first times or only movies that we've watched so far that I can remember there not being one in. There was a very uh, strong influ- or a strong uh, emphasis on sword, sword play, play because Seagal's uh, character is a sword master, uh, Travis Hunter, of course. Of course, Travis Hunter. Um, so basically, at, uh, in winding up to this movie, I, I just keep writing, everybody's going to die. Um, everybody chooses to die. I don't understand what the, b- what the bad guys are really thinking. I don't know what Kuroda is really thinking. He's just sit- winds up sitting. He goes and kills people and then goes and sits in his office and waits for Seagal to come kill him. Yeah, basically. I was going to say, they basically are just waiting there getting drunk, waiting for Seagal to come and slice him up with a samurai sword. That's some bad, bad, bad guy. That's bad, bad guy. Bad <laughs> guy. <laughs> there is <laughs> over the bad, bad, or in the worstest. Overconfidence. The bad. The better and the worstest. Wah, wah, wah. Where would you guys rank these bad guys? Kuroda's the bad guy of this movie, right? Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. He's he's pretty inept. I don't I don't really see yeah, what, just, what he actually he just does. He doesn't give a shit about anything. He's so just a loose cannon. He'll, yes, he'll kill anyone anytime, anywhere. It's so. kind of like Out for Justice, which we'll see in a few episodes. I think it's just a is he is he a crazy person? 
he doesn't seem to he's just trying to eliminate his competition and rise up but it, expand it, it, it seems like you have to be part of some of these Yakuza. We saw some almost uh, voodoo, marked for death stuff going on with the Yakuza's. Uh, they did a bloodletting scene that's a lot like our very oh, first yeah, episode when we made a blood that. oath to watch every Seagal movie. Um, so doesn't he have to be part of that? Doesn't he have to be, he be... Don't the elders ultimately have to choose him? I don't. Uh, yeah, you would think so. I don't really see what his plan is. They, they ultimately... The worst bad guy work, I think, comes when Johnny Depp kills... Uh, the love interest of Seagal, Roger's name again was Nak- Nakayama. Nakayama. Uh, he breaks into her place while she's showering. Yep. Is that right? Yep. He, no. Nak- oh, the place no, he no, breaks no, into no. when he's showering is the, no, that's the, 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 the okay, CIA yeah. tale. Okay, how, does Nakayama, how does Nakayama get killed again? Nakayama gets killed because she's walking out of the club. She's like servicing the club, and the guy's like, oh, like Kuroda is just like, why are you so nervous? And then later when she's walking out of the club, yeah, just follows fucking cowboy car. Johnny Depp comes and slices her. Right. And, and he takes steals. the hair clip that Seagal had given her as an engagement present. What a bitch. I think that's the worstest move because that is ultimately a move of serious um, of serious You're asking him to fucking kill you, man. Of serious hubris. And then uh, like maybe 10 minutes later in movie time, or uh, he, this guy is killed. Yeah, I was going to say, once he did that, you know he was going to get it bad from Seagal. Seagal doesn't really take too much pleasure in it. I, th- I thought he would more. Yeah. He, he keeps jabbing him on top. He keeps slapping him with a sword on the top of his head in a very strange motion that I've never seen ever before. Creates some, uh, some nice gashes. blood pouring out. So ultimately, I would say these bad guys are very ineffective. While this is all going down, Seagal is with Mei Ling, his protege. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to a casino that has the lighting of a, of a, of a dry cleaning place. <laughs> um, I didn't totally understand what was going on there. They kill some people. The bad guys are killing people. It's just different groups Everyone's of bad guys killing, killing people. people. Um, and until ultimately Seagal kind of enters the, the fight, he enters the dragon. Uh, <laughs> I, there was actually a scene that looked like Enter the Dragon, the mirror scene from Enter the Dragon, yeah, yeah. but it was just slot machines. Yeah. <laughs> and Seagal yes, threw yeah, yeah. Some, some dude's head into a slot machine. Um, Several times. <laughs> so did, did Mei Ling's dad get killed, Seagal, Sensei oh, yeah. Sensei? That's what I wasn't I clear so. about. They didn't show that happen, right? But Seagal enters. Uh, they, didn't show, they didn't show it? Or did th- I, I thought that was a gardener. I think so. I was confused. That was there, the gardener the, because you were like, oh, no, that's the old Yakuza boss. But then the Yakuza boss gave the newer yeah, boss so power I, later. Oh, so I, think I was that mixing was the, up characters. I think that was the right. sensei sensei. I think but, that was him who got shot gardening. Okay, right. Because later there's that mo- moment when Seagal breaks into the, the bad guy's temple and he recognizes a book on the, the floor. We zoom into the book and then he has a flashback of sensei sensei holding that book. Mm-hmm. So it indicates yep. to him that they have killed sensei yeah, sensei. Yeah. Um, he, so it's him, it's Mei Ling, and it's uh, Tatman mm-hmm. um, doing the raid on this, you know, the classic final raid. Pretty cool raid. combo, people. Uh, Seagal kills a dude with chopsticks, which was pretty great. That was so awesome. He's like, you eat these? Right to the neck. He's like looking at He's like, oh, what do you got here? Sushi, you use these? And then he just like stabs him in the neck. <laughs> I've been eating sushi for 50 years. <laughs> I've been killing people it with chopsticks. It does not look like that <laughs> man's been eating sushi for 50 years. If he did, Definitely he would be not. looking better shaped than that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you know, we get our classic ending. It's, it's big sword showdown. Big sword showdown. Disgruntled at the in this end. movie. I'm a little, you know, I came in saying it was good, and you guys have actually convinced me that this movie I, was bad because I wound I up told not really you, you started out being like this movie's great. I'm I was not like, trying to convince anyone is... of anything. I just, I just had a hard time with you this. Just one. laying down the facts. It's just, um, I also wondered with the paper walls of this final showdown 
warehouse. How did the big bad guys not know that this was happening? How does somebody in that structure you not know everything that's happening immediately? You would be able Seagal... to hear something in a setting like right. that. Seagal's throwing people through walls, basically, when they're tearing through these... Not, yeah. not like the walls are just thin. They're literally paper. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's literally yeah, paper. These are Japanese walls. They're paper. So Mai Ling shows up, actually. She, she, he had sold her, told her to stay home. Of course, she shows you up. You idiot. Of course. We, yeah, we called that. We knew that was You happening. son of a bitch. You think I'd miss this party? Um, she fucking owns, too. Yeah. I, really I wanted more of her, honestly. She was fucking nasty. She's the one who takes on the Michael Shannon guy, who's a super creep. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. kiss me, please. His last words are kiss me as he's di- after she guts him. Kiss me. And he keeps saying what? things like, I want you, and like, we can't You're kill her. You're turning me hot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're getting me hot. We can't kill her. She's too hot, and stuff like that. So he deserved it. Once again, that's, a, that's an overcooked egg, is just the, uh, the tacking on of sexual creepiness uh, to make a bad guy even more deplorable. And it's completely unnecessary. Yep. Uh, the fishnet guy, uh, Kuroda, uh, shoots our, our tats man. Yep. Um, that's how he gets the extra tattoo. And Seagal winds up fighting that guy. That's where he has the Fist of Fury scene, right? Yeah. With yeah. Kuroda at the end, that that was pretty great. Um, Actually, Kuroda doesn't have the Fist of Fury scene. It's the people he's fighting before. He does some hand to hand stuff. Kuroda's just all with the sword. This, oh right, right, that's yeah. Right, Kuroda's right, with the samurai right. sword. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Seagal wins. He knew he was going to win. We knew he was going to win. I mean, come Seagal, on. Seagal again learned nothing. He had no <laughs> moment of being knocked down. Uh, again, halfway through this, I, he got knocked down once. Uh, he does get knocked down. He, get he gets kicked. physically knocked down, yeah, but he, he's he immediately gets kicked up. once and then just steps right back up and then destroys the dude. Yep. <laughs> like uh, with all these Seagal movies, the difficulty there's never a sense of self doubt in, in in him, and there's never a sense of hubris and a fall. It's all one thing. It's really hard to identify with in any way. Sure. Just being a perfect human being who is skilled at everything, yeah. knows exactly what to do, and can out-Japanese all the Japanese <laughs> people. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, so we get to our ending. There's a funeral for Seagal's lady. Yep. Uh, the FBI comes in and cleans up stuff with blue goo. Yep. <laughs> and we, they just spray this blue goo all over everything. Supposedly uh, we to wipe off DNA, I guess. To wipe off yeah. the DNA. Uh, Kojima, Kojima drinks sake and becomes the godfather of the Yakuza. Um, Steven sees his, his former fiancé disappear in front of him while making a pinky <laughs> swear. And he walks out into the, a giant sun. <laughs> Just the sun looming yeah. over everything. And then as you think that the movie ends, there's yet yeah. another scene yes, of yes. him driving back in Tokyo, oh, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And his, ring, and ring, his ring. boss is like, Travis... Guess who? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, set up for a sequel, really which will probably, hopefully, never happen. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Further into the sun. Yeah. Um, I, I really wanted the boys in back in town to kick in right there. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who just got back today? <laughs> Steven Seagal's ready to play. <laughs> oh, man, that would be pretty good. He's got a lot of Japanese But it's not his say. song, so you know, it can't be in his movie. Exactly. So. He did have like four or five songs in this movie. So that's, that's how the movie ends. doesn't make a ton of sense, but it certainly could have ended some other way. And maybe we should go there to find out. I'd like to warm up a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, feel that sun. Oh. The island. The island of alternate ending. Oh, that was a short, short one. Okay. It's me, Screwface. <laughs> it's always that long. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It's always oh. that long. It's always shorter than you expect. Oh. Screwface is here. Uh, hey, Screwface. What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, this is actually not Screwface. I'm his brother. Screwface. Oh, damn it. You tricked me again. I was playing cards with Keith David and Father Flavor. Oh, shit. Yeah, he didn't do too well, did he? He was kind of upset about that. Father Flavor's winning a lot of money. Yeah. I also did, pantsless. Did he sit on your like, lap, too? What are you talking about, brother? <laughs> no? What's going on with okay. this? I think Father Flavor really sits on your lap. 
Father Flavor did talk about Smitty a lot. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Bye. See ya. Oh shit! All right, there he goes. Off to break a coconut or something. Hey, uh, um, what are we gonna what are we gonna do here? Do you have an alternate ending, Flav? No. Let's <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Let me tell you mine. Why don't you th- think of one though? Okay. Um, here's my alternate ending. That's why I was asking. What are we gonna do here? Okay. <laughs> really good island. segue. Really now good I'm on segue. an island and I don't know anything about this island this time. Okay. Here's where we are on the island. Okay. Uh, during one of the scenes, we got really excited to see. Two Japanese gangsters get shot, but not before we saw that they were playing a game that looked oh, like okay. what I could only call crab grab. Oh yeah, and this is oh, yeah, uh, they have they are <laughs> <laughs> they are at a market of some sort outside the market. They're at some kind of fishmongers, and they are playing a the kind of the grabby game that you see at uh, you know amusement parks and and at arcades. arcades yeah, um, that where you have you use the, uh, the claw, mechanical the claw, claw machine. The yeah. claw. Use the claw to reach in and grab, uh, you know, a Steven Seagal plush doll or what have you, or some scent of action cologne, except or maybe a Pepsi or a Coke. Um, except at this place, it's you reuse this claw to grab <laughs> crabs. crabs, live crabs. So live was, crabs, guys. I was hoping that uh, in the end of this movie, Steven Seagal breaks into Kuroda's office, and <laughs> like like an out of reach episode eleven, <laughs> they say we're gonna settle this like men. They put their swords butt to butt. Staring into each other's eyes, they walk to the table, and they put down their swords. Out of reach, so much. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, walk yeah. over <laughs> to uh, Kuroda presses a button on his desk, and the the library opens up to reveal an enormous game of crab grab. <laughs> and uh, basically, they they play a game where they have to grab as many crabs as they can in one minute, <laughs> and the loser dies. I like that. And the winner gets to eat all the crabs that they grabbed. Oh, that sounds so good. And Love you know, crab. Stephen loves crabs. So the end of this movie. <laughs> The end of this movie is, is him at a restaurant <laughs> with uh, plates covered in, in fried crabs in front of him, okay. and the waitress walks over. <laughs> the waitress walks over to him and says, "I'm sorry to hear about your wife." And Stephen smirks, looks up at her, and says, "Hey, well, at least I got crabs." <laughs> nice. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Smitty, what's your uh, alternate ending? All right, so the movie. Generally, a lot of mine play out like this. I always say the movie plays out as is. (laughs) I always find myself saying that, but that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to stick to it. So the movie, you know, plays out like as is. Seagal has killed uh, Kuroda and Sons and everyone. But, however, Stephen is invited to the Yakuza ceremony. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. He is at the Yakuza ceremony. And when they all toast and drink the sake... Stevens poisoned the sake. Ooh. He kills all of the elder oh Yakuza. God. Ooh, that's like a Gus Fring move right there. And he now is in control <laughs> of that turn. Wow. That's great. That's my alternate wow. ending. Wow. That's like the alternate <laughs> ending to On Deadly Ground where he becomes the head of the Inuits. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Very, yeah. It's very <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the most Japanese guy in the yeah, room. He deserves exactly, it, right? for sure. Oh, that's, 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 a, that's a wonderful alternate ending. Flavor. Man, this movie—it's <laughs> got you torn up, huh? Yeah, I just—I—I I just want more. My alternate ending would just be more act. Like I would just have more action. <laughs> more action. I just need more action. I don't have an alternate ending because I think I like the ending. Like I think I like the fact that he kills the Yakuza lower leader and like lets the traditional people rule. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Honestly, I may not have one this week. Yeah, this uh, this movie had. Uh, 
a, a lot of the right elements, just, more yeah. than we've seen in a lot of these movies. Like, I would say it's better than the Keone Waxman like, trilogy. that stands out to me. Like, I really wanted this to happen yeah. or that to happen differently. I'm just like, I wanted more action to Just happen. nothing really stands out in this movie, yeah, period. Yeah. Uh, it, there's just such a walking through, uh, going through the motions. Speaking of walking through, here's a good alternate ending. Okay. Is that walking chase just doesn't end. And, <laughs> and people, going. like, they keep accruing people, like Forrest Gump, <laughs> and, like, all the characters in the movie. Yeah, like, get, like, gang the bad song. guys see that, like, uh, you know, Kuroda sees the walking going on at a distance, and he, like, mm. jumps in with the bad guys, and Seagal <laughs> jumps in with Tosh.0, no, and they're just walking 20 feet apart at all the same time. Oh, and then, because they be do amazing. that, more and more people start joining in. They, like, start a movement, like, a walking movement, <laughs> yes. and then, like, they're like, well, we can't kill them now, because, like, all these people are following <laughs> us. And, like, what do we... So then they just start, like, a national, like, walking movement, and eventually they're just like, what are we doing? Like, originally, they're, like, on, like, news, you know, like, news shows and stuff. Good morning, like, Japan. So, yeah, they're like... Uh yes, uh, the American and us. We figured it was a good uh, just what. Uh, but Tosh Point like, no, it keeps looking over his shoulder yeah, at the bad guys yeah. the whole time for months and months and months. And grows a beard, and they're uh, like, we don't. Uh yeah, it's good for Japan. It's good for everybody. You know, we just thought we would uh, just walk, and uh, yeah, that's what's going on here. Walk, Steve, <laughs> walk. Like, I would. That would be pretty funny. I just felt like Kuroda walking. just like walking for like just, like just drunk. Another take on that scene where the the walking chase goes and and uh, Tosh Point No stops for a snack and the bad guys also stop for a snack but they're still chasing him. So yeah. when he's done with the snack, they're trying to do it as quickly as they can and get back to walking after him. <laughs> they just have to keep doing all the same things that he does. I think there's a kids in the hall bit like that. Okay, so yeah, that's the island of alternate endings. That was Into the Sun, 2005. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bitter about this one. Uh, it was not exactly. Uh, we were really looking forward to this one, and it kind of delivered. But I'd rather uh, the movie be worse or better. You <laughs> but it can't be this, right? You know, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It needs to be either it worse be, or better. Can't be mediocre. Uh, and that this is right, right in the middle. I would say, uh, which is not what I said up top. Uh, <laughs> uh, but congrats to Travis Hunter. Good job. Okay, so again, hit us up on uh, at seriously Seagal on Twitter. Um, uh, a seriously Seagal on Facebook. Again, if you just joined us from Reddit because of the MMA, uh, the MMA, the AMA yeah. caught us. Um, see, uh, Steven's not going back to MMA. Uh, nope. Thanks for checking us out. We're big Shout Redditors. out to uh, Qdoba. Shout out to Scent of Action Cologne. Shout out to Pepsi, Coke. Wendy's. Telefunken. Uh, Mazda. Who's, who's his gun supplier in Russia? Seagal's. Uh, Steven Seagal's Firearms. Incorporated uh, yeah. to Vladimir Putin, of course. Steven Seagal's big buddy. So uh, Seagal was just talking about how he's down. <laughs> sorry, on the, I'm just remembering from the AMA. Yeah, somebody was asking about his police work, and he called himself a cop. Cops don't call themselves cops usually, uh, and said that he is down at the border in New Mexico and Arizona right now doing border patrol. So shout out to that. Nice. And cool. uh, so for next We're, week, we what have do we got, Flav? For next week. Episode 19. We got a big one coming on 20, but we don't want to sleep on number 19. This is going to be fun. We one. have Ryan Larson's favorite movie. <laughs> oh, Ryan Larson? Aikido, one-liners, arrogance, and humor, all provided by the action star the critics love to hate. We are going to 1996's The Glimmer Man. Oh, oh dude. shit. Starring oh, wow. him and this Keenan Ivory Waves. Dude, Keenan Ivory. Bob Gunton. From In Living oh, Color. I love Bob Gunton. Brian Cox. Yes. Michelle something. This is Golden Age Seagal. Steven Toblowski. Yes. yes. Tobes. Um, John M. something. What's the Jackson? If you know who that is. Cool. Is there anybody else? <laughs> oh, John Jackson. Yeah. Who directed it? Uh, directed by John Gray. Nice. Written by Kevin Broadbin. 
Can't wait. This is one that people might actually have seen slash remember yeah. the Glimmer Man. Um, yeah, this is right after Under Siege 2, right? October 1996. Yeah, so, yeah. This yeah. is kind of when things start to really fall apart for Steven. Yeah. Uh, but not for Steven Tobolowski, who went on for an, oh, into no. an illustrious career. I remember liking this, this movie, movie. As a, like, when I watched this as a young <laughs> teen, though. I remember enjoying Glimmer Man and being surprised by how much the critics hated it. So I feel like we're going to have a good time with it. You've been surprised by that a fair amount in this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that I'm just like, guys, what? Yeah, I don't know. I have my Belly of the Beast is great. It's so good. Okay, so uh, do you guys have anything else? Because I, um, I think we can wrap it up here. I don't know. Rate us, review us on iTunes. Always helps out. And That's all I got. No, I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that input. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for listening. We yep. l- I love you guys. Thanks for continuing to watch The Glow with me. Love you guys. We're getting there. We we've watched oh, 18 movies. We're really we're sick. almost uh, we're getting close to halfway, but Sagal is releasing movies at a breakneck pace uh, right we now. We have in a lot of work to do. So our work is cut out for us. Uh, we love you, Stephen. Come on our podcast. Hashtag Kill Us on Film. Um, this has been P Bear Brown Man, Mr. Smitty, and this is Seriously Sagal. To those he pursued, he was known only as the Glimmer Man. They'd see nothing but shadows. Then a glimmer. Then. He's always followed his own path and worked alone until now. Uh, Mr. Lovebeads, you're gonna have to seek high enlightenment somewhere else. They don't see eye to eye. This guy is weird. Drop the gun. I can't fight. This is not the time I want to hear that. I got soul! For a minute there, I forgot you told me you can't fight. So here's my religion, I'm a Buddhist. And I'm super bad. And they use different methods. Once in a while you should cry, because, like, it cleanses the soul. If I need a cleansing, I have a brand muffin. But on this case... I pray that we hurry up and find this killer so I don't have to be with your crazy ass much longer. Opposites do attract. He's a little country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. get you some red boots and a cape and you can fly around the city and stop all the crime. Take your little sensitive ponytail and your little sissy beads and get out of here. Warner Brothers presents Steven Seagal. I have something that will completely clear up that bruise on your forehead. What bruise? That bruise. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Do you know I'm black? You learn well, grasshopper. The Glimmer Man. Yeah.